we're going to be positive every day. You're the people being negative. You're some of the fans. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door, and Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yastrzemski booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. Thank you, orchestra. Thank you, Al. Welcome to Entitled Town. That's more like it, Scartelli. Patriots 54, Jets 13 on Sunday at, at Gillette. It's a mishmash. Uh, the great Pedro Martinez quote with the not-so-great Lou Gorman, the sun will rise, the sun will set, and the Patriots will still be the daddy of the New York Jets. Uh, your thoughts on the big win at Gillette? In the parlance of our time, they uh, dropped a 50-burger on them, which was it, – it, it, it really helps. It uh, really helps get you a – gives you a feeling that the, the future is going to be getting here a lot sooner than a lot of people want to happen. The yeah, yeah. defense only gave up uh, less than less than two full scores there, 13 points. Uh, Mac uh, distributed the ball pretty well. He threw to uh, 11 different receivers and the receptions for 11 different receivers. And there's a, any, anything, anything negative would just be quibbling at this point. So, yeah, that was a that was a great win. It it really was just it was nice to have a stress free, well executed, clean game all around, just all around front to back special teams, offense, defense, well played, and they took care of business. Shack against a team that that taking care of business of has become just a regular thing, and it's God, it's beautiful, isn't it? Oh, listen, especially somebody living in the tri-state area. It's it's a pleasure to walk into work being a Pats fan, <laughs> knowing that you have to deal with Jets fans who are just miserable. It just gives me life. It feeds the soul. So, yeah, Monday was a great day for me. But I just have to say, hey, guys, I know they scored 54 points in all. You know, 54, you know, the same jersey number as Dante Hightower, who's retired. But, <laughs> look, but look. That was expected, okay? It was expected for them to score 54 points. I mean, I know they haven't done that. This is only the 14th time in their 60-year history that they've scored 54 points. But you have to expect that, okay? Let me tell you, can Mac Jones finish a game caller? You have to have concerns about him being able to stick it out and go all the way. But I, I want to ask – I want to ask – go ahead, Shaq. I'm sorry. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic because um, I, I – I posted a tweet from, uh, I can't even pronounce the guy's name, uh, but he writes for Fansighted, and he wrote an article that said, and I quote, the headline was, New England Patriots, 50 points against the Jets is good, but it was expected. Fansighted, that's like the Microsoft of media companies, right? Yeah. So, uh, and obviously, it, it's for some reason, this tweet has gone viral because I guess a lot of Patriots fans are seeing what I'm seeing. How stupid is this? You, you, when you score 54 points anytime, where, where, whether it's the Jets or the or Bishop Sycamore, it's a great day. <laughs> it's a great so, point. so I, I think I think that it's ridiculous to downplay a win like this, especially in week for week seven, especially when you play them in week two. You, you know, it was it was kind of a, a rock, workman rock like fest. workman like yeah. effort, yeah. So I, I think I think this is this is a win you take to the bank every every week. I think if you're if you're finding fault with a 54 to 13 win at home in October, that's a bigger tell than Teddy Teddy KGB chewing on his cookies and rounders. But I have to ask you, Dan, between you and I, on the, when Mac when Mac Jones took the shotgun throw on first and goal and feathered a pass into the left slot to Brandon Bolden with the anticipation perfectly in stride for a touchdown. Did it move, really? Because it did for me. It moved. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite. I mean, as, as much as it – well, it's good to see Mac make that long pass to Bourne just to shut people up who didn't think he could make that kind of pass. My favorite was that swing pass to Bolden. I mean, the, the placement of that pass is what made the touchdown. Uh, Bolden sprinted right into it, and – there was no defender that could had a chance at an, at an angle on that. And I'm not saying that Cam couldn't make that pass. I'm saying that we I'm never, saying it. We never saw him make it. 
his his swing pass is more along the lines of jump balls. When when Bourne caught that long pass down the left sideline, um, Meg Ryan's reaction when Harry met Sally was more muted than I was when he hit Bourne in stride. It was it was a transcendent experience. John, uh, your thoughts on the big win over the Jets? I think back to what Dad used to often talk about: the Patriots shellacked the Jets fifty six to three in a game he went to, and this is kind of a the next generation version of ass kicking, uh, ass whooping of the Jets. Yeah, the, you know, this is something I was thinking about. Every single first grader starting school next September will have never been alive to see the Jets beat the Patriots. That's but that's it, rather profound coming from a father. So I get that. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's I think about it in those terms sometimes. It's like the Jets. I mean, they haven't beaten the Pats since 2015 they haven't beaten the pats in regulation since 2011 say that right? again that, since 2011 that that they've won two, twice in overtime uh since 2011 and of course the 2011 game was that brutal playoff loss that we won't talk about but Never this happened. has been you know this has just been such a lopsided uh quote-unquote rivalry as you like to say mike you know a hammer and a nail are not rivals right and the the you know the, but that being said the fact that they destroyed them so thoroughly. The goalposts immediately move, as Shaq was saying, sarcastically. The, the goalposts immediately move to, well, this was expected. You know, they struggled with the Texans. They struggled with the Jets early in the season a bit. And they are finding their sea legs. Good team to find the sea legs against a team like the, the Jets. They were hopelessly overmatched. And it, this, this kind of segues into the, the remainder of the season. This shows what this team is capable of. Um, thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, all around. To come together, Pampers. Start to come together. To come together, Pampers. Start to come together. So nice I had to play it twice. Um, so post-game. Let's go to post-game. People who just had a, a big victory at home, they're celebrating with, with their colleagues, their friends, their family. Uh, not Ryan Hannibal, evidently, who took this picture from behind a bunch of bushes after getting out of the back from his van down by the river. Ryan Handel tweeted after the game on Sunday, the post-game scene from Gillette Stadium, Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia celebrating the win in Optum Lounge with a few others. Belichick with a Budweiser, Patricia a Corona. That's just the way they do things down there, cheap beer collar. Scartelli, did that creep you out? It sure as hell creeps me out. It seemed like an odd thing to focus on. And it, apparently it, uh, but it, uh, but it moves the needle with the, uh, with the incestuous cesspool that is the uh, Boston sports media. Yes, it really does. Uh, Greg Bedard trampolined, as it were, off of that by saying that on leading from behind the paywall, thank God, he quarantined his takes behind his paywall to the unlucky few. Uh, Bedard writes behind his paywall, it was such a good day at the office on Sunday for Bill Belichick that he gathered with a few friends and their significant others. You bet try hard hanger on Matt Patricia was there as well in a field level box after the game to kick back and enjoy a few beers. So this is two thirds of the Holy Trinity of suck there, Shaq. Um, Greg Bedard calling anyone a try hard and a hanger on. There are no mirrors at BSJ headquarters, evidently. Yeah, I have three words for you, Bedard. Big boy Tuesday. You have to dance for your fee for on Felger and Maz every Tuesday. So for you to talk about a hanger on, like, come on. Yeah, you better keep hanging on to that uh, Beasley media check because that's pretty much, I'm pretty sure that's what's fun funding your terrible website, BSJ. There's, there's a level of enmity, and we've talked about this before, that those in the Patriots media horde, emphasis on horde, have towards Patricia. I would argue that just don't slouch in front of the guy and you'll be fine. But, Dan, um, we have a saying with the 15th, sometimes it's Rhode Island typical. This is just immediate press box typical. It's, it's so petty, and he's taking a backhanded swipe of Bedard. You have no hot takes, Greg. Fuck off. Go ahead, Dan. I'm no. sorry. I, there was no read for me to go there. Jesus. As far as uh, good shots at Bedard, did you see the um, tweet from the True Spike King today? The True Spike King or the, or the True True Spike King? Not our buddy McNulty. Yeah, I, I don't keep it. I think it's our buddy McNulty. Okay. The, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cattles had, a, had an email saying he got an email this morning that's I'm 97% sure was a plea to try to rob me of some money, but the other 3% is going to be messing with my head the next few days. And McNulty responded, 
was it the notice for your Boston Sports Journal subscription renewal? <laughs> End scene right there. It's perfect. John, can, can I put a bow sir. on this? Unless, uh, unless uh, Brother John wants uh, to tag in on this. Let me, let me tag in and you can All put right. the bow on it, Scarcy. The, the Patricia line is what bothered me. I mean, Hannibal's doing a kind of a, a, a kid's sort of flex. Look at how close I am, how proximate I am to power uh, with his kind of creepy picture. But Bedard jumping in with the cheap shot on Patricia, I'm convinced that when Bedard applied for a job with the team, Patricia was the deciding vote. And, <laughs> and he'll, never let him, he'll never let him forget it. He's going to be gunning for him the rest of his life. The, the personal nature of that sort of attack, it's clear that Patricia treats Bedard the way Bedard ought to be treated. And it, it just, you know, he's going he's gonna to strike out uh, on Twitter the way he did. Skartsy. Try hard, hanger on, greater sign, recruited walk on. <laughs> well played. Well played. God, a, a recruited walk on is the most convoluted lie in the history of convoluted lies. And the man has a history of convoluted lies. Hey, hey, in a market where D1 tennis superstar is trumped by <laughs> recruited walk on, it says something about this market. I smell pull questions, Scartelli, maybe junk drawer item. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Um, Shaq, the absolutely, completely, and totally obnoxious Chris Gasper has been backpedaling at a rate no one's seen since Mike Haynes in his absolute prime regarding his Jag Jones take. The floor is yours, Shaq. Uh, wow. Gasper is it quite a day. And um, <laughs> it all started from a tweet from Evan Lazar, a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Basically, he basically wrote an article saying uh, that Mac is better than most people think he is, and those are limiting his ceiling to a game manager, so he should probably stop, which I do agree with because Mac has has seemingly progressed every week, and the the fruits of that has been, well, we've only saw a taste of that last week, but it's seemingly a, a, a good progression. But Gasper, here he comes in uh, parading you know, like one of those uh, Thanksgiving Day balloons, and he comes in to the, to the uh, mentions and is like, well, I like what Kurt Warner said on the podcast of Phil Perry as a barometer. Are they quarterbacks you win with? Or because, are they more quarterbacks you win because of? Or quarterbacks you win with? The former are much more rather than the latter. And then he says, well, my take is I see his ceiling as being a very good to to great court a good to very good quarterback and not a great one like a Brady Breeze Rogers which is only controversial among Patriots fans and some not all media members so basically he's coming from from this as you know you peons you should not listen to anyone else but me I am the one who should tell you how you should think you know, forget about Mac Jones. His career is not going to be equal to anyone else, you know, even the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So you should just forget about watching him, forget about rooting for him. And by the way, um, breaking news, um, this happened just in the last 30 minutes before we started uh, taping the podcast. Um, he slides into my DMs. Yes, your boy Shaq's DMs. And he just is giving me a, a, an Encyclopedia Britannica of, of responses. Um, unprovoked. I didn't say anything. He just came out right at me and he for and his response was uh he copy and pasted a uh, a comment saying rule one equals never say never and he says i agree with i mean he just goes on this rant so i just think he and this is what we've talked about on the show a lot he just cannot stand to be wrong and i guess that's a commonality mm -hmm. among boston media is that they can't take the l they can't say well damn i maybe i should readjust my point at the very least no he has to he has to be the one on top of the mountain so, so gasper is sliding into shack's dms to ask him to play would you like to touch my thesaurus john go go ahead on gasper well i mean shack taking one for the team uh getting the team uh, the these, team the team uh, all these dms um i saw the the lazar thread i chimed in on it myself it was uh it's just, you got to go back through the historical record here on Twitter with the initial Jag Jones comment. And then the, the comment that was along the lines of, you know, I just know Jag Jones is going to win all these Super Bowls and I'm going to be miserable for the rest of my life because of it. What I think is, you know, I, I, 
I kind of keep going to the, he saw the way Bedard got hung with the Gronk take and, and the way Gronk, you know, kind of, uh, excuse me, the way Bedard kind of wouldn't take the L, as Shaq said, you know, wouldn't just come out and say, hey, you know, I, I don't know what I was talking about as a stupid take. Instead, Gasper's going to keep talking about how the intern made his picks and he was in Europe at the time. And, you know, what, what Jag really means is Kirk Cousins. I mean, come on, come on. That Kirk Cousins, the dude's made like tens of millions of dollars in his NFL career. He's had a long career. A Jag is not a guy who is consistently ranked among the highest paid players at the position and arguably, you know, a top 10 player for, for you know, a number of years. He's just redefining what his initial take was instead of just kind of either forgetting about it or copping to how wrong he was. Copping to just it was a ridiculous hot take. Um, it, he's, it, he's just going to be hung with this for a long time. And I think it's, again, to Shaq's point, doesn't want to admit he's wrong and is just ruining the fact that he's going to get slapped with this, you know, for as long as Mac Jones is going to Pro Bowls and hopefully winning Super Bowls. He looks like a fool and he's he just digging the hole uh, more and more. It's, it's, it's classic. There's a real inability among the worst of the worst of the media to laugh at themselves and be yeah. self-deprecating and effacing. Yeah. And again, it's it's a Teddy KGB level tell. Dan, do you want to touch Gaspar's thesaurus, or would you like to just discuss his hypocrisy? No, it's a, well, I don't want to touch his thesaurus. Okay, fair enough. Um, he, he's just so disingenuous. He, he, he starts out. He he knows exactly what he's saying when he makes the insinuations. You know, when he says the the ceiling for these guys, he's he's Andy Dalton, or he's Derek Carr, or he's or he's Kirk Cousins, and he's not saying it in a praise praising way. And as soon as it goes south for him, as soon as Jones starts to do well, he turns it on the fans and and makes it their fault for misunderstanding him in the first place. What what's wrong with Kirk Cousins? What's wrong with with Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton went to all these uh, Pro Bowls and he and he went brought his team to the playoffs. That's on you for getting it wrong. It's a good point. Scartelli, uh, Scartelli, I know that Gasper irks uh, you as much as he does me, but uh, you're better, you're much better equipped to express that level of enmity. Go ahead. Oh, sure. It is irksome, but I am going to hold him to his word. He said, you know, wait 10 games. And then you can uh, reconsider. And guess what? You know the, the clock is ticking on that. And I've got to say, and I, I I did say it on Twitter just a you know an hour or so ago. If you uh if you start moving the goalposts out of Fort Fox, bro, you risk getting electrocuted when you get to Route One. So be careful. <laughs> be careful what you're doing there, kid. Yeah, look up that reference, kids. If you if you're older over the age of thirty, there was a uh, there was some good times to be had at Foxborough. Uh, thoughts and, and prayers for those that did that yeah. I, I hope they're all better now I'm, I'm sure they they understand the travails <laughs> that, that's god what a train wreck route one was back in the day uh anyone watched the manning cast last night i know john did uh tom brady appeared with the the manning brothers uh there was you know it's i i didn't really have didn't really move the needle for me as much as it did uh, mac jones's bomb the born is but john what do you think of, of brady's appearance with the two mannings you know, I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was better than I feared it would be because there wasn't the sort of Super Bowl corny trolling on the Eli side, and, and Brady didn't uh, you know Brady didn't say anything really really stupid that that annoyed me. So they stayed very collegial. Their breakdown of the game, I think, is is frankly fun to watch. And the the first point that Brady made. Uh, Manning asked him about playing in cold weather and, and moving down because the weather obviously in Seattle, like it always is this time of year, is miserable, horrible place to live. Thanks, awful. John. Thanks. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, th I thought it was an interesting question. You raised the, the weather up there and, and Brady played in cold weather and he talked about how quickly he's adapted to that warm weather. And as a, as a fellow 40-something with Brady, like equals, I totally can respond to that. So I thought that was, a, that was an interesting take. The, and the other point he made that I thought was really good, um, very insightful, I hadn't seen that reported anywhere, is how going to a new team and silent counts with a new offense um, in last year with no crowds made it a lot easier for him to kind of adapt to a new offense, um, it, you know, in that particular situation uh, without having to deal with crowd noise. Because, of course, they were talking about the Seattle crowd noise. I thought that was a really good point. And kind of illustrative of what that Manning cast can be. 
um, if they if they kind of stay focused on that sort of discussion. I, I agree. There were some interesting points that you know guys like us who never played the game at anything close to that level get a, just a glimpse inside the mind of the thought process. Shaq, uh, did you see it? No, my my uh, philosophy is hashtag mute all sports on TV because all these announcers and everything it just they drive me up a wall. I'd rather watch watch without commentary and just watch a plain sports show. I mean, I, I get the, the concept I, I, I like and I understand, but uh, I'm sorry, that Manning hate just can't leave my body. Yeah, there's there's definitely a clave and shake kind of, of thing going on with me with watching that. I watched the Celtics game, which I'll get to a little bit later in my final thoughts. Scarchi, did you watch the Manning cast at all? Or are you still allergic to all things um, Mannings? I'm you know working up uh, a, a tolerance, but I did not watch it this time. So, what can I say? I, I will let the, I will let everyone else handle that for the time being. Yeah, I, like I said, I just John makes a good point that there were some good insights there. Uh, I did not see the parts with Marshawn Lynch. I, quite honestly, I'd probably be more wanting to watch Marshawn Lynch because I'm still so conflicted with Brady, Botox Brady, and his his hot sports takes watching. The Seahawks, oh, sorry, 12. So watching the Seahawks take it on the chin at the hands of Jameis Winston and the Saints. Um, we're going to go around the league. Look at us. We're almost the real podcast here. We're going to go around the league. Uh, John, the Chiefs are three and four. I thought they were going to win seven Super Bowls, no sweat. And for those, <laughs> for those kids, for those kids who were old enough to remember, I remember when the greatest show on turf, they, they put a whole bunch of those guys in the Hall of Fame, but that thing fell together fell apart, excuse me, very quickly after the 2001 season. Next thing you know, um, Mark Bulger's the quarterback. Kurt Warner's in New York. You know, my pet's heads are falling off. So that's always the danger of something that can happen here. Mahomes' contract, the big extension, hasn't even kicked in yet. And, you know, the seven games in, the Chiefs and the Patriots, just as we thought, John, have the exact same record. Yeah, just as we thought. And the, you know, the, the smart set will say the NFL stands for not for long. And then those same mediates will talk about the Chiefs winning seven straight rings. And, you know, not for long, greater than seven straight rings. You know, what the, and it's a reminder, you know, we talked about this a little bit. To me, what you're seeing is the implosion of the Chiefs culture. And I think that's, that's the most interesting thing happening there. You know, in the offseason, you've got Tyreek Hill doing his best LeBron, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh impersonation, you know, talking about winning all these rings. And then you've got a, a team that's in complete disarray. Lombardi talked about it on his podcast at the beginning of the week, you know, thinking that the, the Britt Reid stuff um, around the Super Bowl is having a bigger effect on Andy Reid than, than maybe he's letting on. And you've got a team that just became, you know, accustomed to winning, kind of like a, a very spoiled teenager, you know, too much too soon. And, you know, now you've got to, you've got to kind of come to grips with the fact that your, your defense isn't playing great, you know, you're forcing the ball, all sorts of things that happen to teams that we've seen over the years. It's not, this is not the first time a very talented team has underperformed, the culture has kind of shifted for the worse, the accountability, you know, I mean, the the, the players coach this stuff, you know, there's a, there's a shelf life to this. And again, I always think about the way Belichick has been able to manage and control that culture, a winning culture yes. built on the, the principles uh, that, that he's established there for so long. It is so remarkable what he's done. It flies in the face of what like anybody else has been able to do in the NFL or really any other sports league, um, you know, for, for as long as I've been paying attention. The, the, the Chiefs are just regressing to the mean. The league is built to, to regress you to the mean. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, it's, it's frankly, the, the Scheidenfreude has been enjoyable for me. It's been nice to see, you know, the, the mouthiness and the, their fans kind of coming to grips with the fact that, you know, hey, good luck making the playoffs. Maybe there'll be a first round um, playoff game for the Patriots hosting the Chiefs. Who knows? Exactly as we thought. I love the smiles on the Zoom call. Everyone's grinning and smiling as John's chronicling the fall of the Chiefs. Scartelli, I thought that uh, old goofball board member Fee just put it great this week when he said that who knew that Britt Reed was the glue that held everything together over there. Uh, Scartelli, your thoughts <laughs> on the Chiefs? Mina, uh, not for everyone. <laughs> you want to crown the Chiefs' ass, Scartelli? Crown them. Crown their ass. It's, it's entertaining. Uh, after... What the 
almost two full seasons of uh, Mahomes being uh, just an absolute uh, refugee from the uh, law of averages when it came to near interceptions and, you know, fumble recoveries, so forth and so on. Immaculate incompletions. That's a t-shirt that we should be selling, but that's something else. But the the, 15net.com, check it out. There is a t-shirt section. mm -hmm. But, but my, we've all, we've all seen, uh, we've all had uh, teams that we dislike dead and buried in October. And yes. So, but, but I gotta say, I'm, I'm enjoying it while it's happening. Amen. I, a lot of the, the baseball media had the, the, the Astros dead and buried, and I'm not ready to, to broach that yet. Uh, the Astros will take on the Braves in the World Series. Dan, uh, your view from 30,000 feet uh, regarding the Chiefs where they're at. You know, no one's saying they're dead at three and four, but I can sure as hell enjoy them, kick them while they're down. Absolutely. You know, maybe it's a tribute to the Patriots winning so much that other fans thought it was that easy. You know, that's, yes, that's a, um, that's a great the, point. The thing, the thing I harp on is is how many of them are saying like preseason they're all going oh the twenty and oh that's what I'm after, including Mahomes himself. I think he had it as a as a statement. Eye on the and, prize, Muppet. Nice job. Yeah, Belichick keeps saying it, but nobody ever believes him. It's tough to win in this league, even against the Jets. Um, and and as Patriots fans, we have the benefit of 2007 to know that as good as that team was, there was something right down the pike that was gonna gonna get them they came so close during the regular season from losing three different times um i I was thinking of something with this uh dan shaughnessy always talks about uh, tomato cans and and how but every single year that the patriots won a super bowl they lost uh, a division game every single every one of those uh those six wins they had a loss to a division rival during those seasons Division, it's tough to win in this league. Division games are bitches, particularly division road games. You've seen these guys twice a year. Even the worst Jets teams and, and God forbid, the Dolphins and the Bills, there was always tongue wars going down to Miami and, and, and up in the where the dildo throw was up there in Buffalo. Shaq, any, uh, taking any pleasure in the disarray in, uh, at Arrowhead? Absolutely. And <laughs> especially, it, it's to me, it's karma for all that mess that they did with the Sean Taylor uh retirement uh jersey retirement last week you know with his with uh Mahomes his brother being a complete asshole uh stomping on the memorial that's and right. all that stuff that's right I think it's it's just but but in all seriousness I Dan took everything I wanted to say it, yes you it, were banging your head off your desk I'm so sorry Dan, about that go yeah, to the blue Dan, tent for a concussion <laughs> protocol <laughs> yes I, I, my head is bleeding right now from nodding so much because it's exactly what I wanted to say. I believe as Patriots fans, not that we're on a pedestal, but I believe that at least on Twitter, we've been trying to tell other fans that this isn't this isn't easy. It's not an easy thing to do. You know, the Eagles, when they won their Super Bowl, they were, you know, rejoicing out, out to the top of the lines. Even some of the Eagles players were saying, hey, we're going to be the next dynasty. Yes, they were. And so was the coach. Happened. So was yeah. the coach. Yeah. And then what happened? So it, you know, it, it's just the hardest thing to do, especially when you have the Chiefs who, you know, for two seasons, they've played extended seasons. You have to take those into account. They played three extra games every year. And so that obviously takes a toll on you. And the players, obviously, they have to play more snaps. And it's all a, a domino effect. And it's it's not easy to repeat. And so that's why the Patriots have been the only team to repeat since, since um, 2004, because it's just so difficult to do. And so maybe this this is just another lesson and another you know a pelt on the wall for Patriots fans that you know we have we've had something we've seen something that we'll never see again and I believe that it's never going to be duplicated by anyone and especially it won't be duplicated in the way it was done and so you know any anytime you hear you know from the media or the fans oh we're the next dynasty just just laugh and say no you're not because the Patriots are the dynasty they're a definitive dynasty and they. I think anyone else will, will is just they're just struggling to catch up. There was a large segment of the national media, and as well as Chiefs fans, of course, like there was this magical baton that allows you to go to nine Super Bowls and win two thirds of those. And it, it doesn't happen like that. The Belichick dist- built, you can argue, three, four, five distinctive teams. Obviously, with the one linchpin who was you know, great at selling the culture, who just didn't want to be coached that way anymore. It doesn't happen like that. 
the Niners thing for 15 years was an anomaly too. Go ahead, John. Yeah, and that was a that was a different era too, Mike. That was the pre-salary the, you know, cap. pre-salary cap. You know, the uh, ability to keep a team together. No um, free agency. You know, DeBarlo De was a was a king among owners in his kind of the way he kind of let it go to Walsh and kind of stayed out of it and just wrote the checks. You know, very very well run operation there. The the thing about the Chiefs fans, I think, is you get you know, drunk on the idea that you've got the best player in football, the best quarterback in football in Mahomes. And, you know, maybe you do, right? Maybe, maybe he, if he's not the best, he's in the top three. Aaron Rodgers has won one Super Bowl. He hasn't been to a Super Bowl in 10 years. Yeah. I mean, it is, as all the guys are saying, it is hard to win in this league. You don't just roll out your, your top three quarterback and, and win Super Bowls. It is extremely hard. And I think of all the pro sports, the, the culture in the locker room in pro football, to me, is, is a huge, huge fundamental aspect of a winning program versus an underperforming program. And I just don't think people, you know, so many people are so interested in advanced stats and quantifying things. You can't quantify culture, right? It's a hard thing to, to kind of measure. But you just look at the results of the Patriots and Bill Belichick over the 20 years and the way these these dynasties have risen and fallen in the span of two seasons and you just you got there's something to it all the things and I, I'm convinced all the things that Belichick gets kind of you know grilled on are the things that have made the Patriots successful right and it's I just it's been such an amazing thing to watch it drives me up a wall that more folks in the media don't kind of connect that dot of the 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 Belichick culture and the long-term success. They, they think it's a liability when it's probably the single greatest strength along with, along with Tom Brady's greatness. Evidently, consistency and excellence are boring. And it's, yeah. there was no, there was, again, there was no baton passed. That was, it was just what it was. It's, it's, we've been blessed. I've said it time and again, we are blessed to have witnessed what's gone on um, over the past 20 years. And it's exciting to watch Mac Jones develop. And it's exciting to see these new cast of characters you know, come in. If, if you guys, if you haven't seen it, it's worth going on to the Patriots uh, Twitter account. Actually, Scartelli, remind me, because I want to put this on the Entitled Toe Show account. I want to retweet this. Uh, you guys have all seen the breakdown where they, they do the, oh, yeah, after the game when they win. And Belichick really was effusive in saying that he's glad his guys are seeing the results from the hard work. And it sounds like they're buying in. Um, it's a good take. I'll retweet it on the show uh, show account. Um, we have three listener emails this week. Two is two are from, of course, our, our, our guy, veteran in Town emailer, Vinny Jace. And I will throw this question at you first, Dan. Vinny's first question is, uh, how do you guys feel about the defense? Thoughts on Patricia, Jalen Mills, and the rest of the defense seven games into the year? Dan, you're up. I thought uh, Mike Reese made a good point. He was talking about how um, he, he thinks that this is about the time that it takes for that defensive line to come together, that, that after making those, those big acquisitions, that a month in, month and a half in is where you're starting to see those dividends uh, from, um, from picking up those, those players. And it was, it was the, that was the, I, I, they had their a fantastic uh, game against running you, big improvements over the first time that they played the Jets yes. as far as like the, the running average. Um, no, I'm excited. I mean, it's, it's you look at some of the other things like uh, Jonathan Jones getting hurt is obviously kind of a, a, a trouble area. A little bit worried about that, but otherwise, it, that was a that was a great defensive game. I'm excited for him. I thought it was great. They played you know just perfect Patriot football in the second half. You want to throw it in front of us? Go ahead. Throw in front of us, we'll tackle. Tick, tick, tick. Uh, Shaq, your thoughts on Vinny's first question. Did you ask it again? Uh, Vinny was wondering how you feel about the defense. Thoughts on Patricia, Jalen Mills, and the rest of the defense seven games in. Yeah, I think the defense is, you know, just, I, I believe it, it's, the offense is taking, a, a, I guess, I guess further steps in the defense, but that isn't to say they're not doing their job. I think that, that there's a lot, like Dan said, on the defensive line, there's a lot of, of, uh, you know, of back back and forth going in between. I think um, if you don't think Matthew Judon has made a difference, then oh, yeah. maybe you're not paying attention because, my gosh, um, 
he makes an impact play. And speaking of impact players, uh, this is this is going to be a, a Bedard bash fest, but that's that's what we that's what we do. I'm here for it. Um, I'm here for it. Uh, Christian Barmore has been an absolute monster um, on yes. that line, and it I, I can't wait for the moment when he's able to convert those pressures that he's been getting into sacks. But you know, sacks aren't everything, and the pressures that he's making is making it very easy for guys like you know Judon to make all those sacks. So I think that. Uh, Barmore has been very, very impressive as a rookie, and you know, let's all let's all as a as a community never listen to Warren Sapp ever again. I mean, Bedard is obvious, but Warren Sapp was also part of that uh, whole narrative about but uh, Barmore is not going to be coached up well and all this crap. So, I, I just think that he's going to be a huge difference maker. And once he starts turning those things into sacks, I think we're going to be seeing a. Uh, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to say a next Will Fork caller, but, you know, it's close. He's he's a different kind of defensive lineman. They, well, maybe not different, but he's explosive, a little bit of Seymour, a little bit of Will Fork, uh, has some versatility. Scartelli, there's a step. There's certainly a step up in class this weekend going against Justin Herbert and the Chargers in Los Angeles. Um, the defense will be tested. The defensive backfield, as Dan mentioned, is a little bit thin. It offers an opportunity for some other guys to step up and, you know, we have the ability to look ahead. The Patriots are focused on, you know, they're on the Cincinnati, as it were, in this case, the Chargers. But if they if they can play well on defense on Sunday, on the road against a good opponent, you know, maybe they look into, maybe they're buyers of the trade deadline, but how do you feel about the defense after seven games? It's been said the Jones being out for the rest of the season is a, is a downer. Mm-hmm. You know, the sad trombone sound there. But I... I if, uh, you know, when and if, and when, when uh, Sean Wade gets out of the uh, concussion protocol, that's at de minimis, you know, a uh, another warm body they can put out there. And at best, you know, he could, uh, he could, you know, he could surprise people. He was the one that uh, they got in the trade from Baltimore. Yes, correct. A recent, a recent draft pick of Baltimore. And the Baltimore is a good defensive backfield. So evidently they were dealing from a position of strength. Vinny's second question, I'll throw it back to you, Dan. Uh, Vinny says, also with Hunter Henry, Patriots assembly line wide receiver Kendrick Bourne and Matthew Judon playing, playing great. It's fun to remember, Vinny, I love you. You're going, you're going right for my heartstrings here. It's fun to remember that pro football focus referred to their signings as, quote, going to target only more evidence advanced, only, excuse me, let me try again in English. More advanced analytics in football are beyond useless. John and I are want to do a podcast just ripping analytics in football and ha- how it lacks feel, lacks nuance, and it's it's really just uninformed data for the sake of numbers. But uh, while I go get a cigarette, Dan, uh, your thoughts on Vinny's second email? What, was that PFF George that made that? that PFF a- Sam, you know, the standard deaf oh, okay. warriors in Cincinnati, yeah. Oh, my gosh. My yeah, thoughts well, exactly. They, they, they know what they're doing. They, they had a targeted... Uh, the, the free agents that they want, and they went after them, and and those investments have paid off. I, I, I think that's that's the message that we get from that. Agreed, agreed. Shaq, uh, uh, Hunter Henry, by the way, I just man, the, the dude's a football player. He's a classic tight end. Your thoughts on the tight? It just swipes at PFF are always going to get red on the air. Well done, Benny. Go ahead, Shaq. First of all, George is showing showing himself because he's never been to Target before. And, you know, you can get great <laughs> stuff at Target. You know, please sponsor a title town, Target. We appreciate you. But, uh, yeah. I have he, a hookup in Minneapolis. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, he's been totally wrong. Uh, my buddy uh, Steve Reisner uh, posted this tweet. Uh, Matt Judon, six and a half sacks, tied for fourth in the league, half a sack less than T.J. Watt. Hunter Henry, four straight games with a touchdown. Kendrick Bourne, the last two weeks, he's had five catches, 143 yards, and a touch. And all the other free agents. I mean, who else has performed to that level with their new teams? I can't think of any. I mean, they address the the, the way that Belichick has always managed his team is he addresses key problem issues with the team with the best available options at the time. You know, Galladay, Cook, I mean... The, for these these takes had no context, and then they're just fodder for the casual fan. I mean, you know, and I, I always love you know PFF and Bleacher Report. They always make these fake uh, Photoshop <laughs> pictures with the quotes of of the, to make it seem more important than it really is. You know, these quotes 
that that are so important that they need to be photoshopped. But you know, we, th these quotes are obviously for the for the casual fan who doesn't pay attention. They're not for you know you, Vinny, or us who listen, who pay attention actually and actually give a damn about the team. So yeah, don't worry about PFF. They're 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 owned by uh, you know Chris Collinsworth. So that's all you really need to know. They exist to be mocked in my world. Uh, you make a great point, Shaq, before I throw it to Scartel. You make a great point about their targeted free agent signings. Off the top of my head, you know, kind of, I'm not saying that Henry and Smith and Judon were finishing pieces, but these are free agents that they signed, but they never spend money caller. Going back to 2003, Roosevelt, Colvin, Adelius Thomas, Welker was a trade, but he was a restricted free agent that was, it was manufactured into a trade so the Dolphins could get returned. And oh, by the way, Darrell Revis and Stefan Gilmore were both signed as free agents. Uh, Scott Telly, your, your thoughts on Vinny's email and the, the like-mindedness regarding pro football farce. I'm, um, I'm glad that, I'm glad that uh, Vinny had time to send two emails and he could, you know, maybe send three next week. But if he, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give him a, not gonna give him an assignment. But uh, speaking of assignments, it looks like the, uh, it looks like the Chargers are going to have their work cut out for them. You know, looking over the, uh, how to deal with the Pats offense. They gave a lot of looks with trick plays and so forth and so on. Lots of people catching passes during the game. Who knows what they're going to get? It's going to save, uh, they've made it more difficult for the Chargers defense with these, uh, with these new pieces, these new toys, as a lot of new, stuff new on weapons, film. Lot a lot of stuff, of stuff on, on film. film. And who's to say that, you know, Josh doesn't uh, topsy turvy one of those trick plays where instead of getting X, you get Y, you get the, you get the obverse of it. So it's, 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 I think it's going to be a fun game. I would love to, to wind up being, you know, four and four at the conclusion of the game. Hell we're yeah. Going to, we're going to watch it and, uh, and whatever happens, happens. Shaq, did you have a point? But Scarfsy, aren't you afraid that they've given too much on film? Aren't you afraid that, you know, they, they, they got 54 <laughs> points. So, you know, they don't have enough points for the Chargers and they're going to need the points when they get to the Chargers. Oh, definitely. It's, I remember, you know, I, I, I remember, what is it, 10 days ago when the season was over, and then all of a sudden it went to, they're running up the score again. <laughs> generally, you'll, you know, switching gears like that will generally wreck your transmission. But, Holy hell. Know, <laughs> Holy hell, Scott. I was going to say, Jesus, pole vaulting Christ, we're all stealing each other's thunder today. They went from having jagged quarterback to running up the score, although I, I will admit <laughs> it, it moved again when – Brian Hoyer play action pass on third four in the fourth quarter. Belichick's hatred for the Jets gives me life. Let, Belichick forever, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the, the third email is ask a question about Gary Tangway and children, and I'm not really comfortable going into that. So we'll just we'll just leave that as it were. Uh, we'll go to our final thoughts. Uh, Scartelli, you're leading off. The floor is yours. Well, I think it's finally here. I. I'm calling it. It's Nikhil Harry week next Sunday. Oh, if we could bust, speak that into existence, Scartelli. I love where I love where your head's at. Go ahead. You have more thoughts. I, on I was. It was. Uh, they have. He used his size. He used you know his uh, for his you know one one great catch. Unbelievable catch. And and of course you know they're, they're he's a he's a big fella, so they're going to get uh, they're going to you know play him tight you know and there could be some you know pass interference calls that could go his way there anything that gets the uh, anything that gets the ball you know matriculating down the field is okay by me and also i'd like to apologize for the uh 23 year old uh rounders spoiler <laughs> sorry uh, yeah I'll, I'll, we'll put a uh, a disclaimer in the podcast title uh this okay. podcast for me i have to thank you guys and it has nothing to do with you Discussing that game and the events around it is like Viagra for my soul. I'm I'm renewed. I feel vigorous. Dan, uh, your final thoughts. I just wanted to acknowledge Richard Seymour and his uh, Patriots yes. Hall of Fame. A Ted Nation and, round of applause for Richard Seymour. And and rightly ahead of Bill Parcells. Hopefully we get a few more of the people that actually won in New England before Parcells finally gets in by the uh, senior committee or, or some such thing. Dan, your low-key, understated loathing of parcels also gives me life. So thank you for <laughs> adding more light to my day. Uh, Shaq, final thought from 
uh, our man in New York. Well, nothing's going to be low-key about these final thoughts. And I said these because there are going to be two. Uh, first of all, as as we as we speak, as we're taping this podcast, uh, Mon Fuhrer, a.k.a. Roger Goodell, is having a press conference. And I just find it really interesting that, yeah, <laughs> both Skirtsy and Dan just shook their heads. Um, yeah. And and right now, the uh, the the... I guess the state of the league is on Deshaun Watson and, you know, they don't have any information and what's necessary at this point. Oh, but when the flake gate was at its peak, you know, everybody, everybody believed everything he said there, but no, now Goodell's a piece of shit. No, he's always been a piece of shit and he will always be that. And for me, I just, I just don't really, when it comes to Goodell, he, he doesn't care about progressiveness. He doesn't care about all he cares about is his bottom line. And, and as far, and that's, and, uh, in the thread, our show thread, uh, there's an, this epic thread about um, Dan Snyder, one of the owners, well, the owner of the Washington football team. And I would recommend you find it somewhere because it is, it just takes you deep inside of one of the good old boys of the NFL ownership group and that, that, that entire uh, succession group. And unfortunately I have to say it crap included. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't disacknowledge anything that Kraft has done as far as what he's given this team, but boy, the last several years have really soured me to, you know, that good old boys club. And yeah, that's where I stand on those, on that one. And also I just want to uh, talk to Patriots fans for a little bit. Um, who would you rather be? Would you rather be a team that's three and four that has a rookie quarterback and that has a coach that might sometimes be grumpy to the media? Or would you rather be Dan Campbell, who's 0-7, who is looking like Gaston doing push-ups in front of the camera? And would you, or would you rather be, you know, like a Johnny Bravo type of coach who, you know, I'm sure he's a womanizer or something. I don't, I don't have any of, of those effects. But You're just asking the question, caller. I'm just asking the question, caller. Would you rather be the Lions or the Patriots right now? So just put things into perspective. This team is going on it on a on a good run. I don't know whether, if, if, I don't know if they'll win next week, but I, I'm damn sure looking forward to seeing the game because um, that win last last week really, like, like you said, it invigorated me, Mike. And I'm just excited to see the growth of this team and the steady growth of this team. It's not about, you know, scoring 50 points every, every week, but it's about seeing steady growth. And that's what we're getting with this 2021 team. Agree a thousand percent on that. There, there. But I've got to, I've got to come in here and just to remind, uh, remind Shaq that uh, Michiganders love Oklahoma drill, bro. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, I do. John, uh, John, we're not allowing John a final thought. We're at the almost at the end of Vouch Free October. John, I'm going to save you from yourself. You've been muted. Uh, you can thank me later. So you're almost there, John. We're pulling for you. I may ask his wife to just to pull the plug on the router and the wireless at the house. They can spend time with the kids. John doesn't have to worry about vouching for anyone except his, his wife and family. So, John, we're doing this for you. Uh, you've been muted. Um, the Celtics won. My final thought has to do with, I don't, weird Celtics Twitter has to be tied for the worst with the shoe pissers that follow the Patriots. The Celtics were down 10 minutes with about four minutes to go in a game in Charlotte last night. And surely no NBA team in the era of the flying threes, the endless three-pointers, has ever come back from a 10-point deficit um, in the fourth quarter of a game. Uh, anyway, the Celtics wound up winning by 10 in overtime, and, but, which is a shame because I think the majority of weird Celtics Twitter died tragically in a pool of their own urine, of their own making. The same thing's going to happen. It's, and maybe it's on me for being affected by that kind of stuff. Uh, my last point is the trolling is still continuing in media. Mark, do you guys are you guys are familiar with Mark Daniels, who covers the Patriots for the Providence Journal? He has this weird, just this absolutely weird, maybe it's an intentionally obtuse obsession with the Stefan Gilmore trade, the state Patriots getting a sixth from the Panthers, who they play uh, the week after they play the Chargers. Um, the Jets traded a sixth rounder that could be a fifth rounder based on playing time for Joe Flacco because Zach Wilson is out. And uh, anonymous quarterback Mike White played like anonymous quarterback Mike White in the second half of the game. And he's saying that the Eagles got more from the Flacco than the Patriots received for, uh, never mind. Gilmore wasn't playing for the Patriots without a contract extension. I know it. You know it, Scartelli. The American people know it. 
the, the intentionally obtuse and the misleading stuff in the in the book. I don't know. I honestly don't know if Mark Daniels is colossally stupid or willfully obtuse. I don't get it. I think the answer is probably yes. Sometimes um, he's like Ben Volan, only he can tie his own shoes. Are you sure they're not Velcro? I mean, it is Providence, Rhode Island, typical. <laughs> it uh, could be. It could be. We're going to have to, you know, we have to do a deep dive. Maybe get uh, Hannibal to take some uh, grainy, uh, you know, paparazzi photos of Mark Daniels. I, I, I his do particular, appreciate his, his choice of footwear could come in come into play here. I do what's, think what's, that yeah. go ahead. I do think that Hannibal has Velcro on his shoes for sure. But that Nextel flip phone sure takes wonderful pictures that he take uh, when he shrub uh, Patricia with the Corona and Bill with the butt, our good friend Bill. It's like he took it using a potato. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, what's the weather like in Seattle there? Uh, you know what? It's a blaho sized rainfall. Seattle weather forecast. Uh, you know what? Mike and Woburn, you win again. It, it was sunny today, but it's going to rain tomorrow, and I can't hide it. I, I can't hide the lie. If you watch Monday Night Football, I got wet walking my dog last night. And no, that's not a euphemism because this has been an unusually fueled podcast, a little bit out of the norm. Uh, Entitletown at gmail.com is uh, the show email address, as you know. Thank you, Vinny, for sending some in. Um, we welcome others to send in. It's not a Vinny-exclusive segment. Uh, Shaq is at Atomic Dog 5150. Dan is at Patriots Daily. Scartelli is at Pat's Scartel. He is also at the15net.com. Uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, go read the Sports Junk Drawer. It's always a must read. Uh, my name is Mike Irons. I am at Ironhead334. As always, thank you for listening. And while you can indeed, well, actually, don't respect the art. Please don't. But please do turn off your radio. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team. And they fake the handoff to Myers. Screen to Bolden. He's got the catch. He's got momentum. And Bolden has a touchdown. Oh. Oh, God. Oh. Yes. 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 I'll have what she's having.